a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury and anomaly. Properties this week on the Pete the Planner Show, we're answering your money questions. That's what we do. I'm your host, Steve Ferguson. No, it's not. It's Peter Dunn. Pete the Planner, it's my show. Welcome to the show. Uh, three questions we're answering today on uh, today's show. First one is uh, uh, an interesting one. This is a classic. This is where someone uh, has a good idea, and then a friend says, no, this is a better idea. And then the person emails me and says, what's the, what's the real deal? And it involves college funding and 529 plans and student loans. We'll hit that here in just a second. Uh, then in the next segment, we're going to deal with one of my favorite types of questions. Should we sell our house or not? I like those. Then finally, we're going to deal with another student loan question, another college question. But this time, it's adult parents maybe stepping back in to help a 30-year-old who is already in the workforce. Nicole, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Hi. Uh, it's Aaliyah's last week, our intern. It is. I'm sad. Very I can't believe sad. it's over. Maybe if we got the rights to Boys to Men, End of the Road, we'd play it right now. But we yeah. don't have that. So Aaliyah, we will miss you. <laughs> we like you. Excellent. Good Good comment. <laughs> All right. So let's get to the show. Well, go. Go to this camera here. Uh, let's get started with the show. If you want to email us, please email us Pete. Or wait. Whew, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. We answer financial questions. We don't try to sell you stuff. It's a pretty good deal. Dear Pete, my daughter, only child, just started her senior year of high school. Uh, when she was born, <laughs> I opened a 529 plan for her. Uh, Nicole, as you know, a 529 plan is a, uh, a college savings plan. Yeah, it's great. I now have about $60,000 in the account. I mentioned to a friend that after all of these years of saving, I would have to crack open the 529 plan next year. The friend suggested that I have my daughter take out student loans in her name to cover her college expenses and allow the 529 plan to continue to grow while she is in college. The friend said the student loans, if in my daughter's name, would have the interest deferred until she is out of college, at which point we could then use the 529 plan to pay off or pay down the student loans. As with any decisions, they're always positive as negative, so I was wondering what's the potential pitfalls of doing that? And that is from Steve, and Steve, uh, you should also know, course i already emailed you back but steve should also know i'm writing about this in usa today this week it is my special question selection of the week uh nicole what do we send people when uh we choose them for the usa today call? they get an mp3 file from yours truly with the answer to their question and enlightenment and enlightenment because that's what we're about okay so dude this is classic right, right. nicole you and i were talking about this yesterday like uh, we love our friends right they they give us advice on what they would do if they were in that situation or what they think we should do that would be the best for us. And they come from a good place. But sometimes they have no idea what in the heck they're talking about. Right, and we love them for it, but... I had a good friend who taught me his foolproof strategy for winning at roulette once. Let me guess. It wasn't foolproof. Wow. Lost money. Uh, here's the thing. The, the, Steve's friend, let's call Steve, what, let's give him a name. What do you want to call him? Bob. Bob. Steve's friend, Bob is wrong I know. very wrong on two accounts <laughs> there is a uh, th you know sort of a philosophical reason 
And then there's just the hard regulatory reason he's wrong. Where shall we start, Nicole? Um, let's just start from the beginning. Here's the thing. Anytime you're going to uh, make a decision like this in which you are considering borrowing money that you don't need to necessarily borrow in order to grow an asset you already have, which you're refusing to use for the purchase, in order to grow the asset bigger, some certain things have to be true in, in order for that to make any sense at all. So, so far, are we clear, Nicole, what I just said? Because that sounded yes. confusing and I said it. <laughs> and I, yes, I'm with you. Right. It's like one of those things. It's like, okay, he's got the money for the first year of college. He does. Right. Yeah. He can either pay for it, but he's saying, no, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm going to borrow. And in that, I'm going to try to grow the 60000 I have so they can be worth more. So if you ever make that decision, people do that stuff all the time with houses and cars and all sorts of decisions. Certain things have to be true. Number one, uh, the, the amount uh, of interest that you are being charged on the money you're borrowing has to be relatively low to what you could earn on the money that you're continuing to invest. Are we good? Yes. The good news for Steve and Bob's own psyche, <laughs> they're, they're right. In most cases, the student's going to have their student loan uh, interest deferred. So the in, in that sense, the student loan interest would be zero, and whatever they could earn would be more than zero. So that, so that sort of hedging, that arbitrage, actually works. Right. But there's a lot of big problems yep. here. Number they, they got that right, right? So th that, that is that right. That first part is right, but it's one of at least 10 things and three important things that need to be satisfied. Number two thing, you have to have a long enough time horizon for this to make sense from a risk reward perspective. Four years is not long enough of a mm -hmm. time horizon to have your money invested in equities and expect to have uh, more or even the same amount, especially in the midst of one of the longest bull markets in history. This is one of the longest periods of time ever in the stock market of consistently up years. And you may say, well, there'll be more. Well, I would say that's not how I look at it. I would say what is due to rise is due to fall. And uh, that is a huge issue. Four-year time horizon is nothing, nothing. So I, on those grounds, this falls apart. And then we look at it beyond that and we say, forget time horizon. Um, at what point in time is, is this also about just understanding the market's ups and downs anyways? Forget time horizon. Let, let's say it's a 20-year time frame. You still would have to have some degree of certainty that you could have positive gains over that period of time. And that seems like a complete afterthought with Bob's ideas, okay? So those two of the three reasons blow it up. But Nicole, there is a bigger issue at hand. Right. You're not allowed to do no. what Bob is suggesting. You can't do it. You, you can't do it. You can't do it. You cannot take a 529 plan and pay off student loans. You can only use a 529 plan for what are called qualified educational expenses. And believe it or not, student loans are not one of those. This is what's silly, right? So right. tuition and fees, you can use a 529 for. Go for it. You can borrow money to pay for tuition and fees. Sure can. But you cannot use a 529 to pay off the loan that you used to pay for tuition and fees. Because that would be way too easy. 
It would. And people would try to do exactly what Bob is suggesting. Right. Which now, isn't that why they've made it that you can't do so? Yeah. You know, I've thought about that a lot this week. And by a lot, I mean for like uh, five seconds right now. Maybe probably 13. Oh, I mean, all told from earlier you today. I, I invested in this. You did. Wow. But uh, yes, I think that's <laughs> possibly one of the reasons. Now, I should say, because someone's going to email me. Yep. He actually can do that. I mean, Bob is right to a degree. Steve can actually use the 529s to pay off the student loans. However, however, we got two big problems. Number one, he will have to pay taxes because it is a non-qualified distribution. Uh, number two, he will have to pay a 10% penalty because it is a non-qualified distribution. So it makes absolutely no sense at ever. This is, Nicole, the classic example of people trying too hard to get cute. Yes, I was just thinking that. I was like, by now the student taking out student loans and then using the 529 to pay off her student loans before she starts accruing interest just sounds like a huge process and they're complicating it way too much. Way overcomplicated way. for absolutely they got the cash. No reason. They got the cash right now. Just use it. So I emailed back Steve, and we'll send him the audio. Oh, we, we already emailed him back. I'm not sending him this audio, but you, my dear listener, you get the audio, and you get the video at PeteThePlanner.tv. You can see that I tried to get too cute with my shirt today by rolling up the sleeve so you can see my farmer's tan and the hard work I do every morning with my fitness. <laughs> All right, coming up after the break, it's one of my favorite types of questions. It really is. Should we stay in our house or should we sell it and do something different? As you know, your home is most likely your biggest asset. It's also your biggest debt burden, and it can be the biggest key to changing your financial life when you make a smart decision when you're in a bad situation. We will explore that entire possibility next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I am Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on the Pete the Planner show, this is my favorite type of question. Dear Pete, my wife and I are trying to decide if we should downsize our mortgage. I'm 47, my wife is 42. <laughs> Good on you, sir. Uh, we earn 185,000 American dollars annually. We have $900,000 in 401ks and about $200,000 in equity in a home that is worth $750,000. We are only about two years into the mortgage. We have no debt other than our mortgage which is $4,100 per month with insurance and it's escrowed. We have, Nicole, were you reacting to that payment? Yep, oh yeah. But they're also making 185. Right, they yeah. got 900, anyway. Perfect. We have currently stopped investing into our retirement in order to save three months on the emergency fund, at which point we will restart investing $2,300 per month in our 401ks. I would like to have the house paid for before our first child begins college in eight years, however, paying enough extra per month to make that payment or make that happen seems impossible. 
Should we downsize our mortgage? Man, there is everything in this one. A little bit. See, here's what happens, Nicole. Sometimes before the show, I'll just read the subject line or I'll sort of give it a, a light browsing. A light browsing? I had not re- I had no context of what was happening other than I knew it was a should we sell our home conversation. You were just perusing. Everything is here. I love this wanted. question. Robert, first of all, we are going to email you this answer. You're, here, you're listening to me tell you that I'm emailing you right now. It's weird for you. You're welcome. Okay. Wow. Where to begin? Okay. So <laughs> let's just start in some weird places. Um... <laughs> I don't know where these people live. I have no way of knowing. I kind of like it though. 47 and 42 to have a net worth of, of one point, at least $1.1 million. That's pretty solid. That is pretty solid. Right? Right. Okay. So that's good. And so here's what I also know. Let's say he works another, let's say he works another 20 years. Then I can say with great confidence, he will worth re- retire with at least $4.4 million. That's yeah. Because I believe the 1.1 in 10 years, within 10 years, even with no other contributions, by the way, would turn to 2.2 and then 2.2 turns to 4.4 another 10 years later. So if he didn't contribute another dime, he would have 4.4 million at retirement. But since he's been putting in $2,300 a month, like he he will have eight to $10 million at retirement. Right. Thank you to our friend Compounding. Yes, exactly. Mr. Compounding. Mr. Compounding. Ms. Ms. Right. You never know. Uh, so first of all, I, I think what's interesting, they, they do not have a long-term financial problem. Right. Okay. Do they have a short-term financial problem? Eh. I mean. Kind of. This, this is an interesting one. I mean, this is one of those situations that people kind of find themselves in. And maybe there's a reason why they are how they are. <laughs> maybe there isn't. But this is a couple that has nearly a million dollars saved for retirement. They have $200,000 of equity in their home, have $185,000 a year of income, and doesn't have an emergency fund. Like, uh, there's no immediate need for the emergency fund, Nicole, other than the need to have the emergency fund. Right. Especially because it sounds like they're pretty savvy when it comes to money. With everything else, you know, in perspective... They're pretty savvy, so it's interesting that they don't have an emergency fund. Now, again, that's why I go there either there's a good reason or no reason at all. The good reason could be they just had an emergency. Right, or they and they're just, building that back up. Yeah, like they could have been forced to spend it on something. And, and, and I'm trying to think here what that emergency fund can conceivably be. Um, I would think, sorry, doing math on the fly. I bet their take-home <laughs> is roughly... 10,000 a month. I I mean, they would need to be somewhere between around $30,000, I think, in their emergency fund, which again, maybe they, from what they've just, it seems like they've told us, maybe they had 22 to 23 and they're trying to get to 30, which seems more reasonable. Yeah, I agree. It's not like stopping investing for three months of 2,300 bucks is going to take you from zero to 30. I think they're going from like 25 to 30. More reasonable. That's my guess. Anyway. I like that guess. So uh, do they have a short-term problem? (sighs) If you put it in that light, no, but the short term could be better, And but they're fixing it. But they're fixing it. And that's what I like about financial priorities and financial strategy. That's why I love this, because they do not have a long-term problem. And they have a slight short-term issue that they're about to put to bed forever. Right. But now we come to the midterm. Here we are. And this is where it gets a little weird, right? Because <laughs> uh, as a parent of a nine and six-year-old, my midterm terrifying moment is when they also go to college. And my strategy is also to have my home paid off before they get there, despite the fact that we're aggressively saving. So 
I'm going to, I'm going to pepper this with a few different pieces of perspective. Number one, uh, if they are, uh, saving for college on a regular, Robert, I'm talking to you. Who's that? Robert, if you were saving money, you and your, your lady friend, who is your wife, uh, saving money on a regular basis for college, it's, and you want to have uh, your house paid off, then that's, that's like a, a, a great strategy that has redundancy in it, right? You will funded it and you will have the cash flow in case you hadn't funded it. That, that's the way Mrs. Planner and I are doing it, right? If you're not funding it and the strategy is to cash flow college because you won't have a house payment, then you've got to do something now, right? And that something doesn't necessarily have to be to uh, downsize your mortgage. That something could be save more aggressively for college now. Um, I don't think with... $550,000 left on the mortgage, even if they're paying four hundred or $4,000 a month. Nicole, I... That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's but, a lot of but money. But here, here, here's the really good news. If you want to think about being singularly focused in your financial life, what do you have to do in order to uh, earn the right to be singularly focused? You have to take care of the other main areas of your life. Right. Retirement is put to bed, Robert. It is put to bed. Your short term is about to be put to bed. So you have the luxury now of focusing all of your efforts towards the midterm. And so you can either downsize your home uh, by a couple hundred thousand bucks. You go from a 750 to a 550, depending on where you live, that's either a big deal or it's not. Right. If you live somewhere around here, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -mm. If you live in D.C., well... Different story. Tell the roaches hello for me, right? Hello. It's... This is a tricky one. I... For once, I kind of wish we knew where they were. I do, too. I feel like it would help me because I need some context as to what's... Because I, I think I think the downsizing would be about a two hundred thousand dollar reduction because that extra two hundred thousand dollars they would attempt to pay down. And by the way, interest rates matter here too. Did he say how long they've been in the house? Oh, two years into the mortgage, so they got probably a decent interest rate when they did this. And by the way, Robert, you no longer would get a decent interest rate. That's a big factor in this. Like if you downsized and got into a smaller home, now you're paying a lot more interest even though it's a smaller loan. And so your payment could be higher than you think it should be. It, what did we say their take home payment uh, I, was? I guess it's probably 10 grand. So if it's but that doesn't mean grand, their expenses are 10 grand. I mean, right. their expenses could be nine grand or 8,500 for that matter. Hmm. Part of me is just curious too for that, just of how much of their budget they're using a month on th- this mortgage. I think, I think the better option, oh, I'm so torn. I think the better option is to aggressively fund college. I, I think that's the better choice I, as opposed to moving. And I think it's because of interest rate. Mm-hmm. He's a young guy. Let's see, 47. Did you say how old his kids are? Oh, eight years is what he needs to do. Hmm. So he'd be 55 and then he'd have another 10 years for retirement. That. I don't know. Look, I, I have to say this too. If some people, when faced with the idea that they, uh, need to pay off their mortgage. Some people care, some people don't. Some people say, uh, I'm, I'm comfortable moving, others do not. Well, I've run out of time, so now I need to give them an answer. The answer, the answer, Robert, 
I would focus more on college. I would pay more aggressively towards college. I don't think you should move. I feel like it'd be an interest rate mistake. Oh, I'm so nervous. All right, coming up after the break, we're gonna talk uh, more, another college issue, uh, adult helping an adult. It's a little different. That's all next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Hi, I'm internet podcaster, Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio, and on your podcasting device. But did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. In like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of all player. Not from the Himalayas, but my family. Back on the Pete the Planner show. I'm the aforementioned Pete the Planner you've heard so much about. All right, uh, next uh, we're going to deal with a question from an emailer uh, who... Uh, well, let's just read it. Basically, they want to know the ramifications of their adult daughter going back to get a different degree. This seems like there's a lot of details here that I don't want to give you because I want to uh, keep them anonymous, Nicole. So I'm gonna. You may be a little choppy as I read it. Okay. Because I don't want to like out them. I think you they'll appreciate I mean? that. You know. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I don't know. Hello, Pete. Hello. My husband and I read your column every week in the Indie Star, and we've learned a lot. Uh, and use info as guide for our discussions with our financial planner. Thanks. You know what? That's one of the nice things you can say to me. If you say you use what you learn in my column to talk to your advisor about how it applies to you, that is how you use my column and this show. You can't do, me and you cannot do this alone, my man and lady man and ladies and however you identify. This is about making sure you can apply this to your life, and sometimes your financial advisor needs to be part of that. My question to you, I don't think I've ever seen addressed in your column. You certainly haven't, because it's a long question. We've been very fortunate, and both of our children have graduated from college with no debt. My husband has retired from one career and started a second act, as he likes to call it. Our daughter is thinking of going back to school to change her career path. She is not expecting financial help from us and is depending on loans to accomplish this part of her education. I'm going to stop there. I don't know where we're going from here, but Nicole, I can tell you, I've seen this a million times yep. where someone graduates debt-free, yep. decides for whatever reason that's not going to work, and then they take on debt to mm -hmm. have a second chance. Sometimes it works because they, there's been a lot of thought and, and, and uh, sort of research into what the real opportunity is. And other times, Nicole, it is a re-grip that does not work at all. Have you, well, I am going to say, well, you, you don't have friends going through that yet. You're no. probably about five years from that. Still. I was going to say, I have a lot of friends who are now getting into MBA programs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, they'll yeah. be there. Uh, she, I assume this is the daughter, has a master's in uh, uh, one field and is looking into a master's of a completely different field. Uh, it will be a four-year process, which includes two years of prereqs and two-year programs. She is one year into her prereqs and one year away from the start of the new program. Uh, she is 30. Her future husband and her ran the numbers when she started, and their plan was to do this and end up with about $50,000 of debt. It's a lot of debt. It is. 
Then they would aggressively pay off the debt in three years. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Average salary for this new field is $50,000. However, Mother Nature has thrown a monkey wrench into their plan. Oh boy, where are we going? Oh no, I have a feeling, but... They weren't going to have kids until the loan was paid off. So that would mean kids <gasps> around age 38. Right. Her... Uh, lady doctor has said that is possibly a high risk situation for her uh, and they may not be able to get pregnant at that age of her life. Oh. God, this is complex. Here we you know, go. Anytime you have reproductive questions, email me. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com or where I should say Peter the Planner. We're your guys. Oh. oh. So they're considering kids earlier, but that means uh, a loan payment and daycare at the same time time they no. think it would mean all of her salary would be daycare and the loan payment so her working for free i understand that idea but think after daycare eras uh she would have her dream yeah uh, so my question is when is the cost of loan for further education outweigh the education itself man that is a completely different question than what is going on here right. but her future husband also has no loans, and he is in the financial industry. They live out of town, blah, blah, blah. She currently works about part-time while getting her prereqs, but that will not necessarily continue uh, when she gets into that. I know this sounds like a lot of info. It was. Uh, it. And you probably didn't need to know mm. all that and maybe needed to know more. Eh. We are trying to counsel them on a good financial path that can include the dream for our daughter. I don't get into dreams much, if I'm being honest. So this is their path to obtain this dream and not end up with a career working for nothing to pay off this loan and daycare. Thanks for reading. Okay. Wow. I didn't think we were going there. This is why I should probably re pre-read these things. It's like we should have a pre-production meeting or something. That seemed like a, felt a cheap shot. <laughs> it's probably true. Okay. <sighs> Man, you know, so when you lay it out like this emailer laid it out, it all seems like you can avoid a lot of these issues. But I have to say, having seen the situation a number of times, no. Sometimes you can't plan all this stuff out. It just sort of, you happen to find yourself in this situation. And I like the idea of trying to make sure that you can plan whatever you can plan and not get hamstrung into a bad situation. I don't know. It kind of sounds like the the mom has already made up her mind of what. What do you think she's made up her mind? Because I, I don't I don't feel that way. I don't disagree. I just, I hadn't gotten that. What, what do you think the I answer is? I feel like. I don't, the mom is trying. Uh, Tell me, I want to know now. Right. I feel like the mom thinks that they should focus on her education and maybe think about different. Family planning? Yeah. Okay. Well, I hadn't necessarily thought about that. I hadn't, I can't tell where I think the mom's leaning. I couldn't even tell for part of it. I thought the mom was going to say, should we jump in and help them? I did too. But I would also say this. And, and, and man, this is going to stink. <laughs> sure, she will have a $50,000 household income. Her husband already is working too. Therefore, $50,000 more in household income. But they will have an aggregate household income, which includes his income. So if you want to break it down and cordon off her income and say, well, her money will go to this and that, it's not really that easy. They are a household income. 
the husband's income is going to pay for daycare and for the student loans as well. Another way to say it is $50,000 worth of their household income will go towards daycare and paying off the loans. And I think it's the framing of this which makes it seem so difficult. Right. The idea that her income is going to pay for daycare and, and the education, that it is only that way if you frame it that way, but right. in, in reality, it is not that way. Their entire aggregate income is going to pay these bills. And so therefore, it is my opinion, which was asked for, uh, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it'll take a little longer to pay off their education, but that's the nature of starting a family. Right. It's not, there's no clean cut road, right? You're gonna, yeah. even if you, you look at your plan before going into it and think that you have perfectly paved your path, there's still going to be a pothole here and there that you can't plan for, even if you're the best planner in the entire world. Yeah, right? I, I do. I, the one part that I'm uncomfortable weighing in on, but I'm going to mention, I can't imagine thinking you're going to have children at one point in your life and then a physician saying, you know, you need to do it sooner rather than later. Right. That's a weird sort of rush to it. It's not even like a uh, your family rushing you or your significant other rushing you. It's a physician saying for your own health, maybe speed that up. That's a lot of pressure. I have to admit, I don't see a financial problem here. I just don't. I feel like the framing of it is what makes it seem tough. Yes. And the desire to make it tidy, which I, which I appreciate that desire. I've just seen the situation so many times play out. And this is a great situation. I think you just have to get over the fact that the household income increases by 50 and it just so happens there are now $50,000 more of annual expenses. Absolutely. By not deflating their budget by looking at it as a they budget only off of his income because hers is now taking care of the extra $50,000 worth of costs that they have, I feel like they'll be able to go about this and not feel like they're making sacrifices as much. Boom. So uh, email her. We will email this to you. I hope you enjoy. You're doing a great job for carrying this so much for your daughter, I just think it's gonna be okay. I don't see this as a big problem. It's gonna be hard, but that's the nature of raising a family. So, all right, coming up after the break, we're on to biggest waste of money of the week. And if we have time, a local news story about a rabid beaver. All that next on the Pete the Planner Show. I am Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain calm. All right, this week's biggest waste of money of the week, the bomb on the Pete the Planner show is... Well, we got two. That's what we do now, Nicole. We always have two. Why? Because we can. 
All right. Do you want the expensive one, like yeah. really expensive, yeah, or the one that that's one. expensive for what it is? Which one do you want? Oh, wait, no. Let's do the expensive one for what it is and build right. up. The wood and falk <laughs> camp chair with wooden legs and a leather seat. The wood and falk camp chair elevates any fireside aesthetic. The tripod style stool is handcrafted using a classic combination of domestic oiled ash and English bridal leather held together with brass, brass hardware. Does this not sound like it's made in Williamsburg, Brooklyn? Um, yes. Fold it up. God, we got to find out. Okay, can you Google where Wood and Falk, Falk, F-A-U-L-K, where they're based out of? I guarantee it's Williamsburg. Anyway, fold it up and a handy shoulder strap makes for an easy campsite transfer. When not in the great outdoors, unlike other camp chairs, this one will look just as good indoors, propped up next to the wood-burning stove. Do you want to guess how much that is? I don't even know where to start. $185. Here's what it looks like. It looks like a teepee with a belt and like a, a giant leather eye patch. And I, I just have to admit, it's like at what point in time... Are you going to spend $185 on a camp chair that looks the opposite of comfortable? Nicole, what is the opposite of comfortable? Comfy. The opposite of comfortable oh, is I'm comfy? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is correct. There was only one right answer. It was a, it was a, what? You were close. Where are they from? Portland, Oregon. Uh, I mean, I was really far away, right, but, but a similar vibe. But the aesthetic. Like the aesthetic is, it's, you know... Here's Bulky. the thing. If you put it inside your house by your fire, it looks like it could catch and just. Oh. Whoosh, <laughs> like a little. Yeah, it looks incredibly uncomfortable. Look, I'm not a I'm big camper. I'm going to go and look at it. There's no air conditioning or mattresses and whatnot. So I don't camp a lot. But I can say after a long day of camping, if I wanted to rest my backside on something, it would not be this eye patch on a TP. <gasps> No. Oh, I just found it. Yeah. I mean, really. I'm really uncomfortable looking at this. Yeah. It Why looks like there... a torture device. It does. $185 to torture your bum bum. What is the strap? I don't, can't talk on about it, it anymore. So that you can carry it? Before we get to the next biggest waste of money of the week, uh, I want to bring internal Leah on her last show. She's been with us all summer. She's been an amazing intern. Aw. You're welcome. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, oh, you're welcome. No, I'm just I, th I thought the awe was sort of a new age thank you. I don't know. I don't Aww. communicate very well. Aaliyah, financially, did you learn anything being immersed in us over the last three months? I've learned so much. I think like the one I'm going to like stick to my head because I'm going to have to use it in the next, well, after six months sure. is avoiding the grace period. Yes. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> yes. So that's what you're going to take away? Seriously? Well, like... That's it's, great. It's that's like the perfect thing. Yeah. It's coming up because soon I'll be graduating college. And like, I need to know that so I don't like throw myself into a dumpster like after I graduate. And what about when you get your first, I would say real job, but that seems condescending, but it's also real. I mean, when you get your first full-time employment, what do you know about that experience financially? What do, what, what do you think you have learned, hopefully? Well, I know that I can't max out my 401k for you know, quite a bit, quite Because a while. of your income yeah. that you think you're going to have. I hope I'm going to But have. you can. <laughs> I can, but I shouldn't, you know, do it like after the first year. But you still can contribute to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 100% I will contribute okay, to that's, it. Okay. That's all I, that's if all that's what about. you take away from this experience, you, you do, like avoid the grace period 
and to start your 401k right away. Yeah. Like, and that, like kind of like let it build, not like, oh, I got to like take it out now. And just cause like I want a new car or something like I shouldn't do that. I feel like we've done our job. My work here is done. Yeah. <laughs> Aaliyah, thank you very much. If you guys want to see Aaliyah's work, I encourage you to go to PeteThePlanner.tv, uh, watch the Pete's Eats series uh, shot and directed and edited and everything else. Uh, by Aaliyah. So Aaliyah, thank you for your work this summer. We're going to have a special fun time for you this afternoon. You don't even know it yet. Yeah. 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 So stay yeah. tuned for that. Uh, our next biggest waste of money of the week here on the Pete the Planner Show. And you can always submit your biggest waste of money of the week. Uh, and by the way, if you email askpeteatpeattheplanner.com and in the subject line you put your book for Boam, I'll be upset at you because I don't find my books to be big wastes of money. <laughs> I mean, they would be if I bought them because I, I can get them for free. And I already know the stuff because I wrote it. The Zen Van's Adventure Vehicle. Zen Van Adventure Vehicle, founded by an architectural and interior designer. Oh, wait. Oh, an arch okay, wow. So the, the language on this is weird. Founded by an architectural and interior designer, meaning the person is both an architectural designer and an interior designer. But I would just say founded by an architect and an interior designer and a general contractor. Anyway, Oregon-based Zen Vans is an expert at outfitting the iconic Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van for Overland Adventures. God. When rich guys... I've found them. When rich guys get their hands on the outdoors, they ruin it. Rich guys ruin the outdoors. Using environmentally friendly bamboo... Oh. Oh, no, this is amazing. Zen's van's modular interiors outfit the Sprinter with everything from bedding and storage to kitchens and showers. All Zen van's products are made to be easily upgradable and removable, allowing easy access to things like wiring and removal to take your Sprinter back to its stock interior. From complete turnkey vehicles to DIY kits, Zen van's has one of the most ingenious solutions to starting your van life. Oh my gosh, I want to live this van life. The Zen Vans Adventure Vehicle is $100,000. It's amazing. I want it. No. Yes. Okay, but okay. It I, looks so look. fun. Do you know all the music festivals I could go in this? Oh God, you don't have that much time off, Nicole. Zen Vans, <laughs> here's the thing. Someone who's going to live in a van, and I'm just being, this is probably going to be horribly politically incorrect. Anyone who's going to live in the van, a van, is not going to have $100,000 to buy a van. The reason they don't have $100,000 is because they're living in a van. And the reason they live in a van is because they don't have $100,000. It doesn't make sense. It's like having... What you are, those, are all fired up. Well, what are those hobo sticks? You got like a stick with a, like a... And you wrap up in a bandana and you keep your that, belongings that in it. That is not this type of van. No, but I'm just saying like, you know what those yeah. are talking about? Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the old school well, hobo sticks. They're yeah. not made out of gold for a reason. Yeah. You just need a stick and a bandana. But this is look. People who are going to live in a van are not going to have this. And people who uh, have the money to buy this don't want to live in a van. I don't want to live in it. I just want to go to music festivals. Okay. Okay. So I, we let's we got a couple minutes. Let's talk about this. Nicole, okay. I don't go to music festivals and you know the reasons why. Yes, we do. We all do. Crowds? Yep. Traffic? Yep. Parking issues? Yeah. I feel like parking issues really should go first. But parking issues. Yep. There you go. Traffic. Yep. Crowds. Yep. 
<laughs> so I don't go for that reasons. But are there people at these festivals that spend weeks in deserts, not showering and do, glamping hey, and do these things? Shh, you can shower. Shh, shh. They have are there free people showers. that do these things that have lots and lots and lots of money? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the VIP packages at mm -hmm. the music festival sure. that I go out to in California. Okay. That VIP package is like fifteen hundred dollars, but you have the most luxurious experience. But uh, okay, if, if it's I may, it's all inclusive. I mean, it is all relative. But fifteen hundred dollars is not a lot of money compared to a hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollars. Absolutely, but I don't know. I'm sure Zen Vans knows their market. They've gotta. Um, what's the chance that the interior smells like patchouli? Uh, for a hundred thousand dollars, it better smell like that. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm sort of like to, um, that's a nightmare for me. I know it's so great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you want to ask us a question about your financial life or just complain about the expense of the oh the beaver story, I've got like 45 <gasps> seconds. The You've got to see this. Yes. Uh, go to I think wishtv.com has the video. A rabid beaver attacks <laughs> a father and daughter who are kayaking, and there is video, and uh, everyone's okay. The father was forced to kill the beaver oh. to protect his daughter from the rabid beaver. Right. The best part of the video is when the dad is yelling at the beaver. <laughs> he starts, first of all, he's speaking to the beaver in English, which is pointless because <laughs> the beaver doesn't know English. But then he's cursing. And it's like, what are the chances that the beaver not only speaks English, but knows English curse words? Couldn't you see that beaver, though, like sit on its little hind feet, flap its tail and oh just look gosh. at that dude? Like, what are you? Where do you think you're going to get at? Anyway, we're out of time. Uh, that's all we have time for this week on the Pete the Planner show. Sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner and this was the show. This is for information purposes only. Not necessarily financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love, fly as a dove, released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T., word to John Tesh, let me bless this harmonic presentation, it's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason, uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings, from a far away land, I am the sole controller, put the remote down, and let me take control, you're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself, love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole. Event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn, I burn, I burn, This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?